0: Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. Stand up for your country. A lot of interesting stories today. Not a busy news day per se, but the Pope now getting involved with cancel culture. Um, that's interesting. And of course, we'll, we'll lead with President Biden going down to Georgia for a Martin Luther King Jr. event. The holiday is Monday. Um, But he's primarily going down there to give a speech on voting rights. So this is fascinating to me. Um, Let's take a look at this, an honest, unemotional look. So there is a bill in Congress that would provide the government set standards for the national vote. Okay, Democrats want it. Republicans don't. The reason the bill hasn't been voted on yet is because there are a number of Democrats in the Senate that won't support it. Even if it passes, it's unconstitutional. It's clear in the Constitution that votes and how they are gathered are the precincts of the individual states. So, yes, there's a Voting Rights Act and you can make um, you can make some changes, but you can't take it over. Okay? You can't provide a, a uniform code from Washington and how it goes down. So it's an unconstitutional play, but the Democrats are doing this to galvanize black votes primarily, but Hispanic votes as well, minority votes, by telling those groups that you are being persecuted by the Republicans. The Republicans don't want you to vote. That's what this is all about. It's a straight political play. Democrats don't want any standards of uh, voting um, consequences. Republicans want tight scrutiny of the election. So let's get specific. The big thing for me as an American citizen is we don't require an I.D. in this new bill. So you can vote without an I.D. And if you want an ID, you're a racist, according to some Democrats. How? How? How is saying that you have to prove who you are before you vote racist? In what way? I have never heard a cogent answer to that question. Never. And the government will provide free IDs. Now, if the Democrats can tell me why... An ID to vote is racist and why we shouldn't have it, I'll listen. But again, it's been going on for years. Never one time has Joe Biden or anybody else been able to articulate why that's racist. So if it is racist, Canada's racist. All right, in 2007, they passed a law you gotta have an ID to vote. Mexico's racist. All right, they have photo voting cards you have to show before you cast a ballot in Mexico. And 47 countries in Europe have ID requirements to vote. They're all racist, I guess. I guess. The second thing is accountability. So as you know, when you go to the poll to cast a ballot, that you go to a precinct, okay, there's not electioneering allowed. You can't stand there outside the polling place and say vote for this person vote for that person can't give anybody anything even water it's against the law but in mail-in balloting and the democrats want 100 percent mail-in now they even want computer balloting so you would vote by computer your own computer and funnel it in and they want universal mail-in ballots there are no laws as we saw with the mark zuckerberg situation where he donated $430 million from his foundation to two groups that hired people to canvass mail-in votes. In some places, help the people fill them out, take the votes, physically take them. That's called bundling and bring them to the precinct. There are no laws, no regulations about what a person can do in that situation. So you could, and I'm sure it happens, go in and say, if an elderly person or a person who doesn't know very much or what mentally disabled, you know, just do this, just check this and just sign here and I'll take your vote. Okay. What do you think Zuckerberg put 430 million into it? And 90% of that money went to harvesting Democrat votes. 90 percent of it. Why do you think he did it? And all in states that were this close between Biden and Trump. Come on, let's do the math. Yet the federal government wants to pass a law that says there are no requirements at all on this kind of a situation, that you can do this, but you can't do it at the polling place. So those two things, I'm out. I'm sorry. I know what this is. This is an attempt to manipulate. And again, if people can't show an I.D. or can't fill out their own ballot without somebody standing there, then they shouldn't be able to vote. In my opinion, those are the two big things. So anyway, it's not going to get passed. Not only is it unconstitutional, but a variety of Democratic senators, including Manchin, Sinema, Kelly, Tester, Shaheen in New Hampshire, they're not really on board with this. Now, maybe Schumer will be able to twist their arm. Maybe, you know, he seems to think he's got the votes. But cinema in Arizona have been very clear and not vote for it. Well, I don't know how it gets passed, even if it comes up. OK, um, in New York City, the new mayor, Eric Adams, supposed to be some kind of moderate, which he's not all right, has okayed non-citizens voting. So now about 800,000 non-American citizens vote in New York City elections. 800,000. Of course, it took about an hour and a half for a lawsuit to be filed because it's clearly unconstitutional. We went over it yesterday. And the Constitution states, you have to be a citizen. We can't just be here, all right? And, and Adams doesn't know who these 800,000 people are. Who are they? Did they sneak across the border? Did they overstay their visa? Who are they? Adams doesn't know, but let them vote anyway. No. So that's not going to happen in New York State. The, the state authorities, the judges, will rule its unconstitutional. They have to. All right? Again, if we, unless we don't have any laws anymore, which is coming. Uh, let's go to COVID. Um, now, this COVID thing drives me nuts, and I, I, I'm an intelligent guy. Uh, I follow this as closely as I can follow it because it affects all of us, our whole lives, our children, economics, jobs. And I still don't know what the deuce is going on after all this time. And that's why Biden's approval numbers are going down, because nobody knows what's going on. Okay we broke a record in hospitalizations for COVID yesterday. All right. A hundred and forty six thousand people in the hospital for COVID, but not just COVID. Okay. A lot of those people have other stuff and that's why they're in the hospital. Okay. But we don't know how many. So that's the record. And Part of the problem here is that there are four questions that are unanswered. I'll go over them again. Very simple questions. I did this on a radio today. First question: okay. Does the vaccine that we have protect against Omicron? Yes or no? Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez got it and she's vaxxed to the hilt, she says. So apparently it doesn't protect against Omicron. I don't know. Do you know? Does Biden know? Does Fauci know? Second question, when does the vax wane? How long? Has there been a study, it's been two years. Is there an average? Third question, if you get COVID, if you've had it as 57 million Americans have, are you protected? Because now we hear people getting COVID twice. And if you are protected with antibodies, how long? Nobody knows. And finally, do masks protect you? What are, What's the mask thing? Are there any studies that we can point to? Mask people here, unmasked there, COVID guy in the middle. Give me something. And that's, again, why Biden, um, why his... Uh, um, Approval rating is falling because he doesn't have any answers. Get facts, get facts, wear the mask, wear the mask. OK, but give me some data. So Sotomayor, the Supreme Court justice, who's hearing a case on whether Biden has a right to mandate facts, force you to get it or you lose your job. She comes out yesterday or over the weekend, I should say, and says 100,000 children. All right. Are hospitalized with COVID. And then the CDC comes out and goes, no, 6,000. <laughs> well, that's a pretty big gap. Sotomayor is going to make a decision on this. 100,000 kids in hospital, CDC, 6,000. So on the far left program, The View, a woman named Sunny Hassan tries to stick up for
1: Sotomayor. Roll the tape. And right now, we have eighty-two thousand eight hundred and forty-three um, children uh, sick with, with COVID. More than a thousand children have died from the virus, um, and in addition, uh, about seven point eight million children have caught COVID since uh, the pandemic started. And and so so that that those are just just the numbers.
0: Okay, but she's got them all wrong. Uh, you know, I'll just give you the numbers now. Okay, this is from the federal government. So about. 580,000 children caught COVID in the first week of this year. 580,000, that's a lot. All right, so it's way more than Ms. Hostin says. Um, Only, I shouldn't say only, it sounds callous and I don't mean to do that. But from the start of the uh, epidemic, about 721 children have died from COVID in the last two years. A very low number. Okay, and eight point five children have tested positive for covid since the start of the pandemic two years ago. So it's clear that children can get it. But it's not as severe in minors under 18 that it is in adults. That's the truth. Now, finally, there is a study and this is an important thing for you anti-vaxxers out there, you skeptics to pay attention to. All right. This study. Now, I know some anti-vaxxers are not going to believe any study from the government. You don't trust the government. I got it. But it's my job to present you what comes out of the federal government here. So this study was by the Centers for Disease Control, and it came out this week. And here's what it says. Roll.
1: The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75 percent, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. And yes, really encouraging news in the context of Omicron. This um, means not only just to get your primary series, but to get your booster series. Um,
0: And yes, we're really encouraged um, by these results. All right. So she's basically saying that if you get uh, vaccinated, you're not going to die. Okay, that's that's what this is all about. Now, you may get it. Omicron, as she puts it, or Omicron, as the South Africans put it, you may get it, but you're not going to die. And I think that's true based upon anecdotal because a lot of my friends have it. Long Island, it's all over the place and they're down for a day or two and then they're okay. It's like the flu. But if you're unvaccinated and you get it, then you could get. You know in serious serious trouble that's the study again you can write me all day long my job to present you with this information now the media is no help here with covid because they've taken sides so the conservative media very skeptical about vaccines i think that's true statement the liberal media loves the vaccines and the masks And the lockdowns and everything. I love it. Now, you can apply whatever, you know, rationale to either side you want. But I think that's a true statement. So you're not going to get any accurate reporting or much accurate reporting about COVID, which is unbelievable. And in the political realm, forget it. So hard news reporters hired by corporate media outlets now in their hard news presentations are injecting opinion. I'm gonna give you two examples. The first one comes from PBS. Uh, Yamish Alcinder is the White House correspondent for PBS. Roll the tape.
1: Republican voters, they're very interested in just trying to find people who are loyal to the Trump brand, who are gonna try to find a way to change the voting laws in this country to make sure that Republicans win rather than earning the vote
0: that's an opinion from a white house correspondent it's not a fact all right second one is from john carl who works for abc news now when i worked at abc under peter jennings it was owned by a different company and there were stringent separations between news and opinion in fact the only broadcast that had opinion was Nightline. And Koppel played it pretty well down the line, straight on the line. I don't count the morning shows because that's basically entertainment. But you didn't have any opinion on World News Tonight. And if you tried to inject it into your story, you'd get in trouble if you were a correspondent. But not now. White House correspondent for ABC, Jonathan Carl,
1: Go. And I think it's seen clearly from, from the, the day of the election was that he could never acknowledge he lost because he believes that his power, his power is based on the idea and the image that he is a guy who never loses. Now, that, that's never been true, but that's the image he has projected. He could not acknowledge losing because he thought that would cause him to lose his support. And he's been success, successful in convincing millions and millions of Republican voters that he didn't lose.
0: All right, he's talking about Donald Trump, Okay. And this, again, is the White House correspondent for ABC News. He wrote a book, a hate Trump book. Now, he's OK writing a book. That's all right, because he's not, as an author, he's not writing under the banner of Disney, ABC. But he goes on, and, he, and he, this is outrageous, his opinion. All Republicans, OK, um, prop up Trump in a dishonest way. I mean, come on. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. So anyway, um, the reason I'm telling you all this is because I got a very interesting guest for you to talk about. And I feel this is one of the most important problems the United States faces, a dishonest media. Now, as you may know, we have a foreign news partner. It is called The Daily Chatter, the thedailychatter.com. And it is very, very straight. So if I want to know something overseas, I go to The Daily Chatter, which I get every morning. And you can get it too, dailychatter.com. Okay, because it isn't ideological. They're telling me what's happening overseas. And because we don't have the staff at billoreilly.com, cover overseas, I can't take BBC. I can't take uh, the French news agency. I can't, you're not going to get you're going to get it all slanted. But not from Daily Chatter. The guy who runs it is named Phil Balboni. He was my news director when I worked for WCVB TV in Boston. Now, it's an interesting story because they hired me to be a reporter All right. So I would come on at 11 o'clock and I would report a big story in a straightforward manner, give you the facts. That's what I would do. But then they promoted me to a commentator. All right. But I couldn't do the reporting anymore. Because I was doing commentary. Every night at 11 o'clock in Boston, I was giving you my opinion, clearly labeled. All right. And it worked. Bostonians, the news audience up there, very sophisticated. They knew. okay. now it's a different role and he's a commentator. All right. And then I went back to straight news at ABC and then I went back to commentary at Fox News. But in my roles, I kept in the traditional journalistic ethical standard. I did that. Well, now Phil Balboni has been honored by Columbia Journalism School, with the creation of the Philip S. Balboni Professorship in Local Journalism. It's an endowed chair, and he joins us now from Cambridge, Massachusetts, the heart of the left in America, (laughs) Cambridge. Okay, so this is a a big honor, and you deserve it. Um, I had two news directors in my local news experience that were extraordinary, you and Steve Cohen at WCBS in New York. And um, I know that you remain a journalism purist. So my first question is, when did this all start to go haywire, where hard news in the corporate media could morph into opinion with no problem? When did that happen?
2: First of all, Bill, it's great to see you. Thank you. Um, I would say the late 1990s, uh, early 2000s would be about the time that things started to go in the wrong direction. Um, You know, the internet is blamed for a lot of things. It's not the cause of all of our problems, but I think the internet and the rise of social media was, had some role to play in this getting away from the standards that you and I learned um, at an early age. Um, I think cable news, um, had a role to play as well. Um, you know, um, when it was all reporting, it was it was great. And you're talking about the broadcast networks that had very high standards. But um, I think a lot of the programming and cable news in the, particularly in the evening was more opinion oriented. And I think people uh, began to blur the lines between the reporting and what was opinion. Um, But in
0: cable news, Phil, it's clearly labeled, you know, the show like The O'Reilly Factor, you knew it was me, you knew it was an opinion, just like when I was on Channel 5 in Boston, when uh, I came on, everybody knew it was an opinion, and there's nothing wrong with that, all right, because the newspaper has an op-ed page, you know that's an opinion page, there's nothing wrong with it. But now, a company like Disney has to know, I don't think they care, that Jonathan Carl hates Donald Trump, hates him. OK, yes. so why is he the White House correspondent?
2: Give him another B, right? Uh, yeah, shouldn't be. I mean, just to continue my 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 narrative here. I mean, I think that. The you know, the greatly increased polarization in the country has seeped into the culture of a lot of these newsrooms. And uh, I think uh, people, the leaders of newsrooms have. Uh, allowed uh, this to happen. Uh, I think sometimes they're afraid because the culture of a lot of newsrooms um, um, is is very different. Uh, we have a whole new generation of journalists who are working, who've never really had strong leadership uh, with strong standards above them. And uh, I think um, it's, Clearly, these standards are not being enforced. No, I mean,
0: most newsrooms are left wing, let's put it. Let's be honest. They're left wing. Uh, They hire leftists to do their uh, reporting for them. And the standards aren't there. Is it the same? Because I don't watch, you know, when I watch New York local news, it's basically a giant weather forecast for half an hour. I mean, that's what they're covering. covering Weather. if there's a heinous crime, they'll cover it. Big fire like we had here in the Bronx. They're all over that but they don't really do much else, okay? I don't see a pronounced um, left-wing bent in New York City local news. I know them all. They're not ideologues. Um, But it's not what it used to be when you and I were working in Boston. So what's happened there?
2: Well, I think local news, whether it's broadcast or uh, newspapers, they've retained... uh, you know, higher standards, more uh, straight down the middle approach. And uh, even though the substance is not what it used to be, when you were on um, New Center 5, as we called it, uh, we had extraordinary commitment to, you know, local reporting of substance. And uh, that's gone. The time for it is no longer there. And there's a lot of weather and sports and and other things that are hardly important news. but
0: Yeah, and it's a lot of that money, too. It costs money to do investigations. I remember you, uh, when I was at uh, Channel 5, Martha Raditz, who's now at ABC, was yes. also on the staff, and you sent her to the Philippines because there was a Philippine <laughs> yeah. community in Boston. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we, uh, there were riots and stuff going on in the Philippines. So all yes. of a sudden, Raditz is on a plane um, going to the Philippines to cover for a local station. You never see that now. That would be impossible to happen impossible. now.
2: Impossible. Absolutely impossible. You're right. So isn't yeah.
0: it all about money? Isn't the big corporations, they've decided they can make more money speaking to the choir than informing the American people about what's true? Isn't that the bottom line on this?
2: It's probably a big part of it, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say that everyone is uh, doesn't care about Uh, journalism or reporting the truth, but I think um, they're all owned by big companies and um, there isn't that sense of public service that um, when I started my journalism career in 1967 in Richmond, Virginia, I was proud to be a reporter. The people in the community admired journalists and we don't see that very much and The journal,
0: journalism polls are at the bottom down there with Congress.
2: We're, down, right. we're way down there. But you know, I I know you're going to ask me, is there any hope? And I do want to say I, I believe there is. Uh, I think it's going to take time. Uh, we, As I said, we have a new generation of journalists who have learned it one way that isn't the right way. But um, I think all of us who are still in the profession, you, me and, and others, you know, have an important part to play. Look, I've started um, a number of companies that have all had the same old-fashioned values in Daily Chatter. I mean, we're passionately committed to being independent and non Absolutely, the-
0: And that's why we partnered up with you. Well, I hope you're right about it. I don't think you are. I think journalism is done and it's not going to come back. But uh, Balboni is smarter than O'Reilly. So, y- you know, you got to put your money on him on this one. But I want everybody it's- to check out DailyChatter.com. If you want foreign news, that is an excellent source. Hey, thanks, Phil. Stay safe up here in Cambridge. Say hello to Elizabeth Warren for me when you see her floating around, all right? (laughs)
1: All right, let's get to
0: the Pope and cancel culture. Um, I'm just going to put up what he said to diplomats in Vatican City yesterday. Uh, As I have stated on other occasions, I consider this. He's talking about cancel culture a form of ideological colonization, one that leaves no room for freedom of expression, and is now taking the form of cancel culture, invading many circles and public institutions. Under the guise of defending diversity, it ends up canceling all sense of identity with the risk of silencing positions that defend a respectful and balanced understanding of various sensibilities. It's a little too wordy. It's a little bit too pinheady. with all due respect to the Pope, who I like. But what he's saying to... The world is, this canceled culture, is hurting everyone, and it's immoral. It is immoral. Guess who's getting canceled in Hong Kong by the communist Chinese? All the pro-democracy people. All of them. All right? They're just marginalizing them. They're making them pariahs. Some of them are going to jail. Same thing in Burma, Myanmar. I mean, this is what cancel culture is. And in America, it takes a different form. It takes the form of accusation and allegation. You Want to get rid of somebody on television? You accuse. You buy somebody. You give them money to accuse. That happens all the time. All the time. All right? And then all of a sudden, they're marginalized. They're looking around, oh, what? And you want to get rid of somebody? That's how you do it. And there are legions of people, not only on television, But in all corporations, you want to get rid of your boss, you trot out a couple of people that say they don't like blacks. They did this. They did that. Whatever it may be, they denigrated women. Gone. No due process. And the other thing is about cancel culture. It's so uncharitable. You know, it's so hateful to destroy a person's livelihood and reputation. Pope didn't get into that. And I think he should have. He's on the right track. But he's got to come out strong against this, because this is really anti-democracy and anti-free speech. That's what this is. And it's getting worse, because the corporations are cowardly. we will lose sponsors? Okay. So, big election, everybody knows, in November. And that's coming fast. That's coming fast, about 10 months. Another congressperson... Retiring Ed Perlmutter, Colorado Democrat, All right? That means 26 House Democrats retiring, 13 Republicans. Huge advantage for the GOP. Right now, there are nine more Democrats in the House than Republicans. That's going to flip. You wait and see. In Wisconsin, they are uh, investigating the election of 2020, but the Democrats don't want them to. So the attorney general in Wisconsin um, has ordered the investigation to cease. Remember, Wisconsin went to Biden by about 20,000 votes. Very, Very razor thin. And Donald Trump believes it was fraud in Wisconsin. And so do other Republicans. So why not investigate it, right? Well, no, 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 no. Democrats don't want an investigation. However, a judge ruled, state judge ruled, that the investigation will proceed. By the way, it's headed by former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice Michael So That's a pretty prestigious guy. This isn't some Arizona thing where they hired some company nobody ever heard of. All right. This is this is the real thing. So let's see what happens. Right. So that judge made the right ruling. Seattle remains in chaos. All right. In 2019, 95 Seattle police officers left the force. Last year, more than 400. Now, they don't have enough people, enough cops, to patrol the city now in Seattle because it's woke, because they wanted to defund the police. So they don't have enough cops. Nobody wants to work for them. Here you go. Quebec. If you ever get a chance go up to Quebec City, it's an old place. It's a lot of history there. And I loved it. OK, anyway, they want people to be vaccinated against COVID. So they said, if you don't get your vax card, you can't go to the liquor and pot store in Quebec City. All right. Maybe it's a whole province. Um, so vaccinations went from fifteen hundred a day in Quebec to 6,000 a day. So once you cut off the intoxicants, everybody's getting vaxxed. So you'd like to know that. This day in history, January 11th, 1757, way back, Alexander Hamilton was born. So Alexander Hamilton is big because of the play Hamilton on Broadway, which is excellent, by the way. If you come to New York City, try to see Hamilton. What a good play that is. So, Hamilton was born on the island of Nevis. I've been there. All right. And his mother and father were not married. It was kind of scandalous. Um, And he then found his way to America. All right. So local people on Nevis raised money and they sent him up to New York City to study at King's College in Manhattan, which he did. Then the Revolutionary War broke out and Hamilton, an educated man, uh, was assigned to George Washington's detail and Hamilton fought bravely in the battles of Trenton and Princeton. And and Washington really liked him. In fact, Hamilton wrote a lot of Washington's letters. Washington would dictate. Okay, so when Washington was uh, became president, he appointed Hamilton as the first secretary of the Treasury. Now, Hamilton was a Federalist. He believed the federal government had to be stronger. He went up against Jefferson and Madison, who wanted the states to have most of the power. And then um, in 1804, Hamilton and Aaron Burr, a true villain, had a duel, pistol duel, and Burr shot and killed him. Anyway, fascinating man, and he was born 265 years ago today. We'll be back with a lively mail segment and then uh, a final thought that may help your life
3: in a moment. This podcast is not for you, but if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations, you're not going to find anywhere else. The conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere.
0: All right, let's get to the mail on the message board. Wayne is a concierge member. I'm going to talk about concierge membership in a moment. On the federal agents who were in the crowd at the Capitol, O'Reilly, what creates conspiracy theories is a lack of transparency and inconsistencies. We have that in spades here, so it's only natural these notions would rise. Look, conspiracies have always been with us. I wrote Killing Kennedy, I know. But you can't take a conspiracy theory and say it's fact. And that's what people are doing in the capital situation. And that's what I object to. Now, if if the conspiracy theory proves correct and I don't remember the last time that's ever happened, then I'll report it. Philip, the big problem is that the lines between truth and propaganda have been radically blurred by design and it's impossible to trust anything the media presents. That is the big problem in America. Lack of valid and true information. Jack, concierge member. I don't like Ms. Cortez, but I hope she gets well soon. Noble, Jack. Me too. Tim, concierge member on the message board. Sadly, AOC gets way too much media attention. She is now the darling of the left, a bartender from the Bronx. The way this country is headed, she has a chance to be president one day. Well, I wouldn't diminish her as a bartender for the Bronx. I would celebrate that. She worked her way up, got a degree from Boston U, got elected to Congress, to her credit. She is a left-wing loon. That's not to her credit, but she is probably the most famous member of the House outside of Nancy Pelosi. Sean Anderson, Carson City, Nevada, the capital of the state. Bill, I think the reason President Biden is waiting until March to give the address is because the number of COVID cases will probably decline by then and he can take credit. Pretty good thought. Pretty good thought, Sean. The odds are COVID will decline and then he will take credit. Very good. John Venetti, San Bernardino, California. Bill, I live here, have a great job. I work for the best company in and out. Love those burgers. I have five years before I can retire and before I can leave the state. With all that's going on here, do you have any advice for me? Tough it out, John. You know, they're going to try to do the CalCare, the socialism. It's going to be wrapped up in the court for a long time. Tough it out. Get that retirement fund. David Ford, Seneca, South Carolina. What is the long-term impact of so many quitting their jobs? How do they live without income? They have income. It's called the gig economy. More and more Americans are working off the books. Because you can do that easier with the Internet. They have income. They're just not working for companies and corporations because they're taxed to here. Ireland does this. People in Ireland, they don't want a credit card. They don't want it wherever you go. Cash. Okay, happening here. Mark Garvey, Queensbury, New York. Great work on the no spin news. I, give my, I gave my daughter and her husband concierge membership for Christmas. I've read all the killing books. Fantastic. How about Killing America? Uh, I'm not there yet. I hope we don't die here. But we got a midterm elections. Big. Okay, go to our store and buy any killing book at a discount. And if you give concierge membership or premium membership to BillOReilly.com, get a free book. Word of the day, do not be an ingrate, I-N-G-R-A-T-E. Okay, i got a good final thought for you. I hope you'll stick around. We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
1: Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up.
4: assistance. Help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com carlson and save 20% today.
0: Okay, final thought of the day. As you know, I talk about Concierge membership to BillO'Reilly.com all the time because I want you to be one because it will help your life. Now, initially, I thought maybe we get a thousand, two thousand people. We got way more than that. And what it is is that you can email me with a question, a problem, and I will try to help you. So I get a lot of family situations. I get a lot of job situations. I get a, I cannot give investment advice or health advice. I'm not qualified in either area. I can tell you what I would do, what I would do, but I can't say, did this, do that. No. okay, but I can direct you in certain places if you have a problem to solve that problem. And in this complicated world where we aren't getting the truth, straight information, um, that's worth way more than we're charging because we're not charging a lot. I get a lot of travel stuff because I've been to 84 countries and every state in the union. I can guide you there. And I get a lot of kids stuff. You know, my 13-year-old daughter, my 15-year-old son. I've been through it. Though, again, I can give you pretty good advice. So I want you to consider concierge membership to BillOReilly.com. But I also want those who are already concierge members to stop with the crazy internet stuff a lot of my time is taken up answering this insane stuff that you're reading on the internet if it isn't backed up by an authoritative source it's not true don't bother with it don't clutter your mind with it don't waste your time there are so many good books to read i can't tell you every day Well, this website said this, and they said that, and I heard this on cable. Is it backed up? Do they give you any facts? If it isn't, it's bull. You know what it is. So that's what I say when when the letters come in. This is BS. But I, I got away from this a long time ago. Huffington Post, all of this stuff. Never, never. You know, it's just re- daily beast. Somebody cited that the other day. Well, the daily. I said, what are you doing on there? This is just designed to mislead you. These websites are designed to deceive you. We're honest. I know why you're asking me, but I just don't want you to be there. Anyway, think about BillOReilly.com concierge membership. Thank you for watching tonight. We'll see you tomorrow.